0: Well, I'm recording now. One bar of battery. Exciting, exciting.
1: I've forgotten to take my medication as well, so I might start coughing or develop a phlegm bubble that t- uh, temporarily turns my voice into Alan Rickman's uh, for, until it bursts. I feel really sorry for him, but it also feels incredibly distant. Like it wasn't... You know, it didn't really... Like my childhood and everything, it just didn't really belong in my life. it didn't didn't really
0: belong in the narrative that got going on now hello i'm dave i'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together i need to get better please make me better i want to get better 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 acquainted with you Today we're getting better acquainted with Richard Tyrone Jones. Hello, Richard.
1: Hello, Dave.
0: <laughs> this is like you—you you, you must be very used to saying that now. I am, yeah. But this is the third time you've interviewed me. We did a straight one. We did one in edit. We did a couple in Edinburgh. Live in Edinburgh, yeah. And so you're sort of becoming a very reoccurring guest on the show, which is great.
1: I'm a reoccurring character. What do they call one of those special guest stars? Yeah. The-
0: right. That's exactly what you are. The first question that I ask people is, how do you know me? How do I know you? God, um, through the mists of
1: time, um, I've been uh, dragging my heels through this sludgy fen that we call life for so long that I've actually forgotten. I think how think we met? Was... Yeah,
0: no, I don't know exactly no. how we met. I think we met was at a party, at a friend's party. No, I think we met at a friend's party. I think we met at Haley Gullen's party. That would be
1: it. That's right. Yes, because that's where I first saw you when you were in the band with Hayley. Yeah, that's
0: right. In a in a in a yeah. in a party that happened to be held a couple of a mm. uh, couple of streets over from my house. So that was a very yeah. convenient location to meet you. But in Leyton. James name? Ross's party. Yeah, it was James yeah. Ross's place. Sorry. Yeah, and she was his flatmate. That's um, right. The party of
1: James Ross of now defunct Fat Kitten right, comedy. Who
0: makes comedy himself and mm. uh, under but his own name. He's,
1: now. he's still funked though. he's himself in his own right
0: yes Mm. indeed the second question I ask people is what do you do now?
1: probably best if I tell you what don't I do (laughs) I I am a poet, broadcaster, tour director with American students misguided tour director with uh, people that like to hear me take them around London suburbs and tell them lies or sorry original fiction uh, about the area and I run Utter Spoken Word and have done for the last 10 years. I'm also co-director of Spoken Word at the PBH Free Fringe, up at the Edinburgh Fringe as well.
0: Excellent. And I should also mention that we're recording this in the Bird's Nest pub in Deptford, which is kind of known for its punk music, which, uh, which you wouldn't necessarily get from the fact that the funk is starting behind us. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 but that's, uh, that's normally what the, the Bird's Nest is here. It's about?
1: eclectic and cultured. It's De- Deptford is on the turn. It's about to become uh, the new Hoxton or the new Dulston or well, all of these things. Maybe, the maybe. I, don't, I don't
0: want to wish that on any, yeah. any on anywhere really. In no, I don't
1: want it to happen, but it's going to. So <laughs> might as well just enjoy it and laugh as the um, artists are supplanted by wankers, right? And that, and boy and bands.
0: So, and so that's just to explain the background sounds in the background. Hopefully. Uh, audio purists won't be too offended this time because I'm using my, my clip-on mics so people will be able to hear us a little bit more clearly, but never mind. Audio purists, I apologise, as I always do to you, but, you know, there's, there's only so much I can care about your perspectives. There's a lot <laughs> of
1: screen-printed comics with, a, with an X around on the walls, including a portrait of Henri from Death Grips with uh, someone playing the guitar coming out of his head. Um, and he's got red eyes. Uh, that's the kind of funky, kind of s- screen prints and woodcuts uh, prints that you got on the walls. And also a kind of curious Warhammer 40,000 Orc rave yeah. tableau um, on, on the walls as well, which is quite cool because me and Dave were just talking about how when we were young, Kids, young yeah. twats. Uh, we both ended up painting Warhammer 40,000. No, he was Warhammer, I was oh, Warhammer yeah. 40,000. I was, I was uh, fantasy, which is yeah. kind
0: of even, even less cool than <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Yeah,
1: but exactly the same things. And um, <laughs> I
0: just, what I hated about
1: those was they basically just stole everything from and tried to make it part of their world. And uh, yeah. If you were 12 years old and read these things for the first time, uh, Warhammer books. You might think that they'd invented, they invented it, but in actually, no, Tolkien just, and yeah. uh, they had various others had. Yeah, uh, right. Tolkien. Um, I didn't have any time travel, which is no, one no, thing I didn't steal. That's um,
0: true. Ooh. So we were sort of meeting up for some other reasons, and you you said we should maybe do a, a, an update to getting better acquainted. Yeah, that's um, right. So what, what was like? What were you? What were you sort of thinking? was new that you'd like to, to share? Um, I guess,
1: well, last time you interviewed me, I was doing my show Big Heart. Was that right? Or I was preparing
0: it? Yeah, I th- well, I think the last time that I interviewed you was in Edinburgh and you'd just done Cowardly, Cowardly, Racist, I That's think. That's right, i just done Cowardly, Cowardly, Racist. We which had a t- chat about that. Which, is, which was a yeah. weird experience, actually, talking about that, mm. um, that show, but in a very... Yeah. It, was, uh, it was on on the Royal Mile. Mm. So it was a sort of like, um, talking about a, quite a controversial potentially subject, yeah. but, but in, a, in, in hearing of lots of members of the public yeah. who were just walking about. Yeah, it's, uh, I just day. did
1: this thing that's uh, completely racist when you take it out of context. Yeah. But when it's in context, it's the opposite of racist. Well, yeah, that's your intention, uh, I guess. The audience gets to
0: make that call. Exactly. The audience makes the call. But this member of the audience thought that in context it wasn't uh, racist. But uh, that's going to be different for different people, I think, who see that show. Um, If they see that show ever again, which I hope they do, actually. I did enjoy it. March the
1: 16th at Alternative Comedy (laughs) Memorial Society in Kilburn. Okay, wow. That's when it's next So I'll put this out before then. That's good.
0: Richard is not doing Cowardly Cowardly Racist anymore. He is still going to be at that show, though, where he's going to be doing some of What the Fuck is This, I believe.
1: So, yes, if there's any people um, of uh, minority ethnicity out there, please come, otherwise it <laughs> be me doing Cowardly Cowardly Racist to a room full of white people. Yeah. And, uh, and I, even if it's not racist, I will feel racist. Yeah. But, to be honest, I just... Whenever you're in a room, you get that kind of white liberal guilt and you look around and it's like, oh, phew, there's a black person here, phew, there's there's enough Asian people here for me to feel, you know, okay, like this isn't um, some kind of really elitist. Well thing. if you're,
0: if you're if, I mean you yep. program nights as well as, as do I and, yeah. and that's again I'm, I'm, I'm sort of desperately trying to get people of colour into into my lineups because I don't want to feel mm. like I'm part of the problem but at yeah. the same time that puts you into a sort of strange position where you're like running after black people saying exactly. hey do you do Please poetry come. do you do yes, poetry yeah. <laughs> oh
1: you're really good do you want to come right. along and do this Yeah.
0: but I mean ultimately I think that's an important thing to do and I think it's certainly important for that show for you to have yeah. mixed audiences I think that They'll be split, though. The, the audiences will be split. Whatever yeah. their colour, some of them will find it racist and some of them won't, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I suspect that probably a lot of white people will find it racist on behalf of people of colour who don't find it racist.
0: That's, that's probably... Um, sure. I think that's probably accurate, but yeah. you you always get people who have diverse opinions in every group. Yeah. There, are, there, there, are, there are there are black Tories, there are black uh, yeah. and there are Mary Whitehouses right. on the left. exactly. So. Oh, there's loads of those, I would mm. say. Mm. But uh, but I'm not going to get yeah. into a big sorry. Like, that's Texas now. There's the there's also
1: Mike Whitehouses or. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, 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 there's people of all, of, of all shades of politics uh, in all shades of skin and so I'm sure you'll get a diversity of reaction but it, definitely yeah. the better the diversity of that audience yeah, the better I, for you I'd for, like I'd like, for it, I'd like for Chris show.
1: Eubank to see it and see what he would make of Cowardly Cowardly Racist. That would be funny. But, um,
0: okay, well if you <laughs> Chris Re- Eubank's Eubank if you're listening to this he's a uh, regular listener go along to that to that show in March the first time I talked to you we was haven't
1: explained what cowardly cowardly racist is at all well, which is I think that's for the best just leave you, it you
0: can listen back to the live show that we did in, in, in on the on the Royal Mile to hear the context yeah. for that but better better to net, get no context than just turn up I, in a way I wish that that had been my experience because I yeah. kind of had an inkling of what you were going to do yeah. and went along to see if it was going to be a car crash or not yeah. and, and it wasn't but it could have been. Uh,
1: I, I think it will be more entertaining if it is a car crash. And I think it's only now after years and years of being on stage that I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. You know, it's, um, I mean, you want to manage how, you want the airbags to go off. But you still want it to be a car crash. Right. So I think there's there's enough airbags. Well, it's a very
0: challenging show. I think that no one can watch it and not be challenged. It's challenging and
1: cowardly at the same time.
0: But I think (laughs) the fact that it's challenging is the key to why I think it's a good show and why I think it's not racist. It's because... We can all go through our lives not thinking about racism and think that we're being not racist. Yeah. Um, but actually, we maybe need to challenge our perceptions and our opinions mm. by actually thinking about racism rather than pretending it doesn't exist. It's still you funny, know? though, aren't it? Uh, it is funny, it is funny. <laughs> and the first time we spoke was about your Big Heart show. Those are the kind of things that the listeners kind of know about. Yeah. Your, they know about your Big Heart show, they know about character, to Racist. Mm. They've maybe got an awareness of the utter show that you do, because that's what we were talking about in in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in the Edinburgh special um, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. So yeah, what else, what else, Richard, and James?
1: Well, I think Big Heart is what I'm mainly known for, but not that much really, because it was on Radio 4, but nobody really listened to it. And um, it was on Pick of the Week, but it was still really unsuccessful, because I think people just hate spoken word. So, um, well
0: that's right you took a spoken word show and yeah. you made it into a spoken word sitcom for Radio 4 yeah. I mean what was that like? Mm.
1: that was the well we knew we were kind of treading new ground and we recorded it in the studio rather than live because we wanted to do lots, lots of soundscape stuff and it, it works really well Matt Katz the guy who's doing the music also does some of the music for Horrible Histories and so there was a scene with me in uh uh, uh uh, bang, No, not Bang Face, of course, for copyright reasons, it was uh, Fang Bass, that's what it was called, uh, the club, and there's some really good whoop, woob woob stuff going on there, and then sound effects for me being defibrillated on the dance floor, which uh, happened, but not in as trendy a club as that, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, or as credible, rather, than trendy. So that, it was something that everybody that I know that likes me already, really liked although Mark Dean Quinn thought it wasn't as good as the stage show um,
0: I, I thought it wasn't as good as the stage show ah right but I did like yeah. it yeah oh thank you well there I'm glad I'm glad people are being on it but I mean um, what I liked about it mm. was that it was doing something that's quite like mm. what I felt was you you pushed as far as you could get within mm. the radio 4 format so I felt like like if you don't like radio 4 if if you yeah. if you object to radio 4 clichés yeah. then you probably wouldn't necessarily enjoy your show yeah but if you understand that it's quite hard to get a show on radio 4 unless you hit those clichés yeah. then you might enjoy your show because it's it's doing as much as it could within a very yeah. uh, straight jacketed format and that's where i kind of mm. came from about it i was really pleased it was out there and i hoped that like if you think about shows like Infinite Monkey Cage when that first yeah. came out mm-hmm. the initial shows were in the tired radio 4 format yeah. after that series they got allowed yeah. more and more to do sort of like live and to to play with the format so now yeah. i think it's a really good show at the beginning i thought it was the best of a bad bunch now i think yeah. it's in, it's Independently, a good show yeah. and I think that's how I felt about your show when it came out was it was the best of a bad bunch like yeah. I was very impressed <laughs> with what you managed to get <laughs> past them what you managed to get on Radio 4 I hope you get of,
1: famous Dave so I can put that on my flyers well, I'm best of a th- bad bunch know, Dave I'm Pickering not, I'm
0: not doing myself any favours oh. here as well as somebody who wants to work with Radio 4 uh, in the future as, 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 and, 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 and more so now I'm, I'm having to go freelance still I think those are th- th- that would be my My assessment of it. I came to your house and listened to the first episode and I really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. but I I think you you would do better if you had more opportunity to to do what you do well rather Mm. than having to kind of fit within the framework of what Radio 4 listeners are supposed to expect, Mm. which I don't think they do expect necessarily, I don't think that's what they want I'm not slagging off Radio 4 listeners I think they are much more interested in having new stuff than they're given credit for
1: I think it's important to give people what they need rather than what they want. Right. Having said that, I decided with big heart, right, I'm gonna completely sell out with this. I'm gonna pitch it so that it's suitable for older people because retired people are the ones that heart conditions affect. And they're the ones with the money and the leisure time to actually come out and go and see shows. And um, it was, I think about a third of the audience was uh, retirement age. And I only put one swear word in it, so because it, it, I knew that all of the medical terminology and descriptions of what was happening to me in hospital were going to be disgusting enough. Yeah. But you can get away with all of that because it's, it's accurate. Yeah. It has been a hit show, but in Canada, people are saying that it's the only hit show with walkouts because people were walking out just because, even though I warned them that there was horrible medical stuff in it, people have fainted. A couple of people have fainted uh, while I've done the show.
0: Probably including you at some points. I mean, I haven't actually. Have you not?
1: i felt like I was going to faint at certain points when the venues have been too hot. But I've just taken a big deep breath and I've got these special trousers. Zip and, trousers. Uh, yeah, have been mentioned on the show before. Yeah. <laughs> there, there we, we go. go. Um, they're, they're famous. I forget which. I just go on about them so much and <laughs> show them to people. Look at my zip trousers. Yeah, Richards. Senior zip trousers yeah. for yeah, but they're new zip trousers. Yes, no, they're the same <laughs> Platonic pair of zip trousers, Richard. It's generally worked my plan to sell out, <laughs> but it hasn't, hasn't made me famous or anything. But it, I am known as that heart failure poet. So my next show, uh, which I've just finished the Welcome Trust application for funding for, is uh, going to be a follow-up to that called Crap Time Lord. Which is going to be about having uh, the implantable cardioverter defibrillator, a, a second heart, or at least a you know backup pacemaker. About being uh, how it regenerates you uh, when your heart stops. Um, when you adopt? You fall to the floor and adopt pretty much the pose that the doctor does, with your arms going out like that, and you, at least a barrage of swearing. So why did I chose Pisa Capaldi? as the new doctor when I'm able to do all of these things myself <laughs> for a much cheaper price. i no idea. This is gonna be me exploring how heart failure and its the side effects of its medicine has turned me into a crap time lord. So I hope that the welcome will be able to get past the fact that I'm comparing myself to um, one of my favourite fictional characters as, as a, a kind of a co tanger really, for the for the theme. For the science mm-hmm. and the issues, yeah, and the issues, right? But I've also budgeted 100 pounds for props, which is going to be a big, a big long scarf, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people that are into biomedical technology, the same people that are into science fiction. Well, if you're into science fiction you're going to be into science fact and, yeah, and how yeah, science yeah, fact absolutely. is catching up. So that's, that's one of the, going to be one of the themes that I'm talking about. And again, I'm going to pitch that to Radio 4 with Top Dog. But um, it will be recorded live this time and it will have jokes in it. So I'm just going to sell out even more, really, trying to do that. But then if I'm making money from stuff like this, that means that I could also take risks, do stuff like Cowardly Cowardly Racist. Yeah and What the Fuck Is This, Uh, which I'm also taking up to the Edinburgh Fringe, and you won't really be able to imagine two more different shows.
0: But I don't think it's necessarily selling out, because you're doing both those things at the same time, and because it's not like your shows that you do that have popular appeal aren't uh, valuable and yeah. valued shows like you, you you craft them well you communicate complicated information in an entertaining way that's a very valuable thing and i don't think that's necessarily selling out yeah. and you know it's not easy for you to do your shows necessarily the ones that are selling out because they're mm. about your actual experience they're about your kind of traumatic yeah. events really that have happened yeah. in your life
1: yeah i mean the the, the first few times it's it, doing big heart it was a little, little bit emotional for reliving all that stuff but really it was the f- first few times that you rehearse it yeah. and then you're rehearsing it and rehearsing it and rehearsing it and and you're replacing the kind of real narrative of what actually happened to you with this edited narrative Yeah, and so when people start asking you oh, so what happened how, how are you? you you start launching into bits of the show yeah no and I have that experience become, yeah. with
0: true storytelling myself so, but like I'm finding the the more, more, more stories I tell about my my life, the more I'm just a- answering in stock yeah. phrases when people ask me in general life that uh, aren't when I'm not on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sort of start thinking, like, am I, am I? pasting over my past? Am I sort of like changing my memories into a story and now yeah. I'll have no memories left at the end of this process and I'll the just thing, be story? The
1: thing is you'd never have any memories left at the end of this right. process called True. life anyway. True. And you would probably turn it into stories. And memories, are, what what are, memories uh,
0: probably are already stories, aren't they? Like, yeah, because they're not accurate necessarily. So.
1: Yeah, and we probably give them a beginning, a middle and an end right. when they didn't have one right. and we miss out <laughs> subplots uh, because they're not interesting they're not even though they might right. be even though they might have actually been critical they're difficult to explain so we just leave them out yeah right too. so I think you're, you're doing all that with your own life narratives anyway you might as well make some money out of it right, true especially enough. if you're socially unable to do anything else
0: <laughs> <laughs> and physically you're, you're not like that that's one of the, 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 the it's a good job you're an artist because mm. if you weren't uh, yeah. You, you would have a hell of a lot more problems in terms of making any kind of money to sort of support yourself with the yeah. physical like conditions that you've got.
1: Workloads, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, I realised there was no going back to an office job, um, to a nine-to-five, be- because uh, no matter how supportive a, an employer says they are about medical conditions, if I'm having to go to the doctor every week which I practically do yeah. and having to go in for operations like the had an ablation last year that uh, wasn't ultimately successful right. possibly due to my own silliness um, in, at the Edinburgh Fringe uh, but also but then having another one this year just various tests all the time it's um, th- th- those are th- I mean that's something I should probably put in the show about just how, how much of a pain in the arse it is although that's nothing like being Doctor Who, because he doesn't have, doesn't have any responsibilities, does he? Well, isn't that
0: the point? Is that you're yeah. a crap type nonsense? So exactly. Yeah. he <laughs>
1: will have to just go to the hospital and make sure
0: it yeah. gets checked. Doctor out Who stuff. would be pretty rubbish if you tuned in to see which adventure he's going to have that week, and there yeah. he was sitting in a waiting room for the whole forty-five yeah. minutes to exactly. an hour. The, the
1: only time Doctor Who actually goes into a hospital is so that a confused doctor can go, "Oh, he's
0: got two hearts." Yeah, um, right.
1: And that's that's the only time he ever oh, gets injured. That's right. Of course, Doctor you know, who's
0: got got yeah. two hearts yeah you, you you have a one not perfectly functioning heart yeah. so uh, imperfectly but of
1: course he does have that regenerative capacity you know he got his hand cut off and it goes grows back with a uh, Um and, uh, I, and I interviewed professor Anthony Mather who's working with regenerative cells taking people's bone marrow cells out and then injecting them back into their hearts and uh, if I get this welcome trust cash I'll be going back and interviewing him again to find out what the results of his experiments actually were and to see whether damage hearts damaged by uh, heart failure um, dilated cardiomyopathy heart muscle disease like mine and heart attacks uh, and heart disease which is when you've got high cholesterol and you will come up with GAC um, if those if that damage can be put right by just Sticking new regenerative cells in there, and then like a salamander or, or a zebrafish um, having the heart grow back. Um, my heart has shrunk and has regenerated itself um, to some extent. Uh, my ejection fraction, the percentage of blood that gets pumped out of the heart with each beat, was down. It's normally supposed to be about 50 to 60 percent. It was down to about 15 percent at my worst, uh, and it's back up to 50 percent. So. You know, I have regenerated not just through uh, being electrocuted in the heart a few times but uh, slowly as well, we, we do have that capacity. But then I'm, I am going to be sharing some kind of brave stuff um, and um, I'm going to be talking about the fact that I've been on all these tablets to keep my heart rate down and they have side effects which are very important. For um, a young man who likes to go out there and party and um, is uh, be be a good feminist, um, which is my euphemism for um, womanizing, and um,
0: yeah, it's be an ethical slut. Exactly, an ethical slut. That's a good. There's a book about it,
1: isn't it? -hmm. Of course, there is. If it's a good term, it's already been (laughs) coined. Yeah, right. So um, I mean, I've been cagey about the effects of these drugs on my um, libido. Um, but I, I, I was thinking Cause about Because it's
0: probably counterproductive to, uh, yeah. to, to, to womanizing if people know that you've got some uh, ill effects on your libido, right? Uh,
1: yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but then I was thinking, well, I am on, I have to take, ta- I had to take tablets and I have to stay on tablets to be able to walk. And I'm quite open about that. So I am now gonna, gonna be, open in the show discussing about how these tablets that mean that I can walk are basically, it's a choice of take the tablets and be able to walk or don't take the tablets and you might die but you'll have more of a libido and obviously I, it, it, I'm still here, I'm still alive so it's obviously which choice And uh, too
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And do you find that, like, I don't know it's always very much easier to appreciate what there is on the other side, but I'm sure there's lots of people who would kind of feel, and I'm, I might even be one of them in some ways, I certainly have had these thoughts a number of times in my life, which is that like, I would quite like my libido lesson, I would quite like my libido yeah. to, to be taken away, but I'm sure that when it actually goes, yeah. that's not necessarily how you feel. Well, Dave,
1: be careful what you wish for, because right. it might just happen. Exactly. And now there are advantages to it, because it means that when I'm talking to a woman, I'm not necessarily thinking, oh, I'd like to sleep with you. Oh, I wonder if I can sneak a look at your cleavage uh, while we're discussing Foucault or something intellectual. And
0: it has made me a better feminist that because you can practically act Reason. on your politics rather than find them a bit contradictory yeah right? exactly you're well you're not to so your
1: to your actions exactly people. you haven't got a, 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 a your 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 penis like a little sock puppet going Aah. well i yeah. i, I
0: I'd, yeah. I'd like to make the case that there is a there is a feminism that can be found which allows people to have both women and men to have their own libidos uh yeah. in a consensual and uh, mm. positive way but you're right uh, the, yeah, some strands of feminism are very much kind of contrary to, to, yeah. to, 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 the, to male libido but I don't think all oh no I'm not um,
1: I'm, 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 I'm talking about my own your own opinions feelings. my own feelings rather than um, what anybody else uh, uh, what, uh, what women want
0: well, I think there's a lot of sh- there's a lot of shame that isn't necessary. I'm, I guess it was what I'm getting at with in terms of libido. Like, yeah. as long as you're p- treating somebody like an equal, mm. and uh, it doesn't really matter if you're. Uh, Try, you know, avoiding looking at their cleavage that's yeah. a good thing, uh, yeah. to be doing that if, if mm. it makes them uncomfortable or whatever. But at the same time, it, yeah, you're not, if, you, if you you're you, thinking, I'm don't look at the cleavage, don't look at the cleavage,
1: don't look at the cleavage, at least you're not looking at the cleavage.
0: I guess so. But I guess there's there, there maybe there's a maybe there's a point we could get to where it will be kind of acceptable to sort of mm. un- respectfully sneak a look at yeah. uh, uh, people's cleavage as long as you're, um, not like earning a disproportionate yeah. wage to what they have, and because uh, they will be. They will be sneaking a, 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 yeah. a look at you, hopefully. Um, excuse you, me if you're I, lucky. I,
1: I, I think we're about to indulge in a really interesting conversation. But before we start talking about Michael Henniker's early films, can I just get it out of the way and have a really good look at your boobs? Um, <laughs> and then that will clear yeah. the air, yeah. and we can go right.
0: Well, there's some argument to they're that. They're approach. lovely, they're, aren't they? Right. Ar- okay. There's yes. some yes. argument to that approach. No. I think that Time approach. of the Wolf
1: is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I think that there's some there's some validity to that approach. But anyway, I mean, you're. You're you're losing this you, you, this part of yourself. Yeah. Um, and like it or loathe it, it's a very important part of all of us. Mm. I mean, that's why you know that's why that's why so many people feel lonely. That's why so many people feel happy. Whatever. Um, mm. That's why you know, like libido is an important thing. What's what is, what's it like to not have that thing that it, you're so used to having? I guess
1: it's um, You don't you don't realise for a while. I'm I'm so into learned behaviors and my brain is still heterosexual and uh, you know I, I see women and I still size them up and then you know I I, I but it, it's an aesthetic right thing rather than uh, a, a sexual thing. It's like the chord that goes from uh, you know looking at the bottom of the the V a Venus of Botticelli and 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 then thinking oh I'd love to you know. Um, uh, a, a, and comparing it to a real bum, It's like, oh, that's been that that's been cut. Okay. Um, it's, um, I, I'm still working out my I, ideas well, my, on this, or trying to
0: characterise. It's interesting because it, I mean, my dad is 90, and mm. so he's been going through a similar process, just yeah. as, as as everyone who's male probably only will. just now. Right. Well, I think oh, 10 goodness. years ago. A couple, well, yeah. 50, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want to put a, a date on it, but I mean, but he's an old man going yeah. through that process of, of, of no longer having that. Whereas you, you're you know you're you're you know, you're my age, I believe. Or some, my some, my granddad
1: is only yeah. one year older than your dad. I yeah, I know. That yeah, w- yeah weird yeah. people out there, Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, mm, yeah, I mean, I mean, it may well, if I get this ablation and it works, and I and I can lower the dosage, it may well be reversible the whole quality of me being this crap time lord might be reversible, but it's weird because it means that I can just hang out with women and just have adventures with them And um, Well maybe you should and, to make the most of this yeah, and then try, try and to carry try that, try that over into
0: your actual life if you do get yeah, libido try, back Try
1: to get them into bed, but there's also the fact that I can still have a chemically a, a drug dependent sexuality which is D- that's really strange it's like well do I like this girl do, do I you know would I fancy <laughs> um, do I do I fancy you know a bit of the old bed wrestling as Catullus used to call it um, yeah okay right I'll, I'll take the sildenafil um, that I don't want to you know use the brand name because well, everybody knows yeah, it, yeah. I'll be, uh, pr- be promoting it on, right. on, on the radio you see and uh, Helping capitalism. Yeah, well,
0: unless they're going to sponsor the podcast, then we're, we're right. all right. Yeah, I, maybe
1: <laughs> I should. Maybe I should just say, yeah, I will. If I want to sponsor my show, yeah, Viagra uh,
0: could be your biggest will, sponsor. Actually, yeah. Right? Otherwise,
1: I'll. It's still Denerfil, and that will. I'm not sure which one would be better. Which what? Which word rhymes with more other things? Well, the, surely
0: you just change it up depending on which part, which rhyme yeah. you want to make. You've got S- like S-
1: option Give them a pill. <laughs> Viagra, Niagara. I, I thought there must be loads of poem, comedy poems out there where people are rhyming stuff with Viagra and Niagara and uh, other words that rhyme with. Viagra. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I looked on the, on YouTube and there aren't any. Really. So I pre- presumably could do one, but that would feel really cheesy. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. that's not a sign that they're really litigious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be, couldn't it? Um, but anyway, mm. uh, so you're sort of, mm. you're delving into to that kind of, I guess that, that area is, I mean, you, we've been talking about it in, in terms of in relationship to, to feminism, but mm. uh, I mean, like, what really, I guess, you, you'll be grappling with more than, than your relationship with feminism, which it sounds like it's helping, in a way, because it, it means that you get to, like, mm get rid of some socialite that you've only got the socialization left and so you can have a play with that socialization (laughs) because the the nature Mm. stuff's not there Mm. but 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 like that's it's what it would call into question for most of us in this culture Mm. is 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 a question of masculinity right of manhood of of are you a real man if you can't i mean yeah i'm i've had a vasectomy right Mm. so I don't have that ability to to, to, to make people uh, right. pregnant, so yeah. I guess in that respect, my my manhood and masculinity chips have fallen. But my my, my penis doesn't fall uh, currently, um, and so I still have a, a, the element, the, the trappings of masculinity. yeah, that ladies? right. <laughs> that's that's a good chap, Hello, yeah. my uh, penis yeah. doesn't fall at the moment. Yeah, well, exactly. uh, My penis doesn't
1: work, but it doesn't fall. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you yeah, can turn right. that into some kind of. <laughs> riddle, couldn't right. you? What, what, what does not work but does not fall? So I guess,
0: yeah, but I mean I guess that's like how do you feel about that? I mean how do you like the, the, ma- the manhood thing, the male virility and nonsense? I was
1: never particularly, I mean I, I have done jogging and working out and I, I think my physical health is quite important to me but I've never been a particularly manly man never really done much DIY. Uh, no. <laughs> I do like Jason Statham films, but you know it's not like it, it's more because they're funny. And a lot um, of women like that. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of women going a DIY. Yeah. That's it, but yeah. I mean, it's, but culturally speaking, those things are, are flagged up as male. It's it's and not so much
1: the the, the 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 being a being a man. It's about being an old man. Um and If if I were a woman, and I would have lost my libido on these tablets as well, and and, uh, through having heart failure, right? Um, So it's it's a human issue. Yeah, it's more about the the fact that I've suddenly aged about 30 years in in three years, right? um, Or probably, uh, yeah, to be about that'll make me about biologically about 64. Um, Jesus so I, yeah I, I mean well I when I was really really ill it was weird because I couldn't walk but I guess the the chemicals hadn't backed up in my system enough and I still had a libido you know some kind of Byron-esque Keats like deathbed libido you know yeah but, um, I, I, and and it's only since then that my physical health has actually improved, and I've been able to walk and walk Hadrian's wall and do fringes and everything. So you still had you still your but
0: libido when it was inconvenient to have the libido. I still had, but, but you've some lost libido, it, yeah. yeah, and you've lost yeah. it now yeah. that you that you could use it. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs>
1: and it was, it was the, the, for a while it worked. There was a purple patch after I'd just survived. Right when. Um, I just I had sympathy um, from uh, <laughs> women and you know they were glad that I hadn't died and appreciated that they hadn't lost me God. and then you know suddenly it was a bonanza but then obviously Thana-
0: that, th- kind of Thanatos yeah, bonanza that, that,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanatos would Freud would have had a field yeah. day and then it um, you know it just started to to wear off and it's weird I I, I feel a lot less creepy now because if I'm chatting to a girl it's just because I'm just chatting to them because they're cool and because I, I really like the company of women I think I hang around with girls more than I do with uh, most other guys. Yeah. Um, I grew up with two sisters so I think I'm probably um, or maybe it's to do with the fact that I went to a boys school so I'm just making up for long, lost social interaction.
0: Yeah, or, in fact, if you went to a boys' school, that can also be a reason why you would not want to be in groups of men because yeah. uh, maybe you didn't enjoy being with the groups of boys as much in that kind of environment. Yeah, I, know there, that, well, that I is, have issues with men. There is having, the whole
1: Warhammer 40,000 yeah. dynamic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why were we both
0: playing with Warhammer, right? Yeah, exactly. Because exactly.
1: um, <laughs> we didn't know girls existed. Was, yeah, I but presume, to a certain yeah. extent,
0: I don't know. I think I... I always had female friends here and there I think there yeah. was a yeah it gets hard I think it's harder to have them mm. in, in, in sort of certain years in school than others I yeah. think that's the thing and then during those years I did Warhammer yeah. and then I had female friends afterwards because oh, yeah. they would the, like the women women were the safer gender in my school yeah. to be around because I wasn't in a boys school so I had to be, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could hang around with generally the girls wouldn't be as bad some of yeah. them some of them very much were as bad
1: I am never because even if girls are you need to learn that girls are assholes right just the same as boys oh well I,
0: I, I, a, a girl a girl holding me down on the floor whilst a boy kicked me in the face made Shit. me realise that yeah, yeah
1: pretty easy exactly <laughs> those are the bad life lessons that you need to yeah. learn um, and then um, the,
0: you're in this sort of socially complicated situation of you can't really okay. fight back against that girl because that's violence against women. Mm. At the same time, she is holding you down on the ground.
1: Oh, fucking oh! I would kick, just kick her in the cunt. Unfortunately if, if, if for me, is, my, um, yeah. my
0: unfortunately for me my my ideals are often get yeah. me into terrible situations, and yeah. that was a, a, one of them. If someone picked a fight
1: with me, I I think it's part of not being a sexist, a sexist that you you would punch a woman. You know, if she, I, prim- obviously, she first, obviously the problem. Yeah, obviously you'd, uh, you'd or, or tries to hit you first.
0: Well, I think it's the problem is that there's a biological power oh. imbalance, and so yeah. that's kind of yeah. my problem with, with, with it. But at the same time, I not if there's two. Of I them, think self, Dave, in, in self in your dis- case. Self, yeah. Well, yeah, there was more than two, mm. um, but but yeah, no. I mean, and that was a teenage experience. I probably would handle it differently now. Like. Yeah. Uh, like, it wouldn't happen to me now yeah. so it's not an issue I have to mm. worry about now but anyway I mean like yeah I mean I, I agree that you should uh, remember that women can be just as big a dickheads as, as men yeah. for sure like, yeah. uh, that's, that's equality right Yeah, there. I
1: didn't know that I forgot you know, I, I, I didn't know that as a I, I was very social isolated at primary school as well so then I just kind of went on all these romantic inner fantasies about girls at my school when they were com- com- you know, completely un- unworthy of all this crap that I was thinking up inside my overactive, withdrawn imagination. Yeah, and
0: there'll be a withdrawn girl yeah. in the same class doing the same thing about the boys who were not yeah. worthy of her, and neither of you talk to each yeah. other. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> only when you finally get into your 20s that you start to do that kind yeah. of thing. Or when you go to university and there's actually some... Clever people there, and yeah. yeah, then you realise. So, just going, I mean, you know, so always end up boasting. Hey, <laughs> when you go to Cambridge, you suddenly realise, you know, oh, we're on the top 2%. And uh, and um, you, you, you do realise, oh my goodness, the, 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 here are the rest of the uh, um, kids who uh, were top of the class in their shitty school um, and uh, have been isolated for ages right and now we're all all together in um, one of the more liberal colleges of Cambridge or i So sure it's the same as Keeble in Oxford um, and then and then you're, but you're surrounded by a load of toffs who've just um, had the best education money can buy and have all the confidence and you're there biting your nails deciding oh what class am I I don't know uh, yes.
0: uh, at least you're finally together
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah, yeah no, that, mm. must, that must be an interesting experience I mean I guess that's ex- it's a similar experience you have if you don't go to Oxford or Cambridge you know like yeah. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you go true. to a, a, yeah. any, any university hopefully you'll yeah. find some people who are the, the people who you never found in school who yeah. were like you although I did well, I was lucky in, in yeah. late on in school I did meet Meet people who yeah. remain close friends.
1: This would probably mean nothing to anyone under about twenty-seven because that's listening to this podcast. Because they're just thinking, "What you weren't able to find people that were into the same things as you? Line, Why didn't you just online, go on the right, internet? Right, right. There wasn't the internet. No internet then, yeah. It was, yeah, it was. My God, those were the dark ages, weren't they? But
0: yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's true. Although, whilst the internet now allows people to find each other, it's yeah. not just each other they find. So there is a lot more, yeah. like, abuse as well that goes on through the internet yeah. as well. And if the bullies at my school, I often think if the internet had been around when I was at school, yeah. I, I would have been destroyed because I wouldn't have been able to leave it, right? Yeah. Uh, school was hell, but I could leave it and be, be free. Yeah. But, but I would be going from that school to home, looking at my yeah. Facebook and getting yeah. the same kind of vile abuse on, the, yeah. on Facebook because I'm getting in the corridors, right. and that would be the fucking end. That would have, I, I, I don't think I would have made it through, right, I've got to say. Yeah. Well, uh, that's I feel the for you're the teenagers un- now. Unfriend
1: un- un- people, but then you, you're a teenager, and you think you it's think really it complicated means, when you're a teenager, isn't it? To you, think un- it you think it means everything, don't you? Uh, something that happens one day, you you, you need um, we need just lessons of therapy in schools. Yeah, I think just I think so to right. teach people it's not gonna. I, I mean, I first had um, cognitive behavioural therapy when I was 21. It was a massive help because it was just like here's some common sense lessons, right? And um, you, I just like well, am I going to care about this in six years time? No. So am I going to care about this in six months time? No. Am I going to care about this in six weeks time? No. So given that I'm not going to care about it in six weeks time, am I going to care about it in six days time? Six hours time? It. And then you just think, oh, I don't really give a shit about what's happened. I mean, it feels bad, but keep things in perspective obviously you've not been alive for very long so you can't keep anything you don't have the perspective
0: yeah and everything is so important it Mm. feels like then and in fact that that remains I mean I I I had CBT mental CBT stuff when I was 31 Mm. um, and that was to combat similar kind of emotional Mm. states that I had when I was a teenager I just I I already have more control over them but I want I want as much control as I can um, keep and at it and don't yeah, go down yeah.
1: the route of Freudian Freudian, Freudian, Freudian psychotherapy yeah, Freudian slip. Yeah. there I did a Freudian
0: slip yeah no I mean I know it, yeah well that's the thing with Freud like I'm not no. saying that he didn't sort of accidentally hit on occasional things that yeah. are slightly right but mm. the thing is if anyone needed therapy it was Freud you know? yeah. so, so it's, it's hard to sort of follow him completely with he's, his he's white stopped. male comp- yeah. you know View of the world, middle class view. Of the world.
1: Well, people loved philosophy that just had absolutely no empirical basis whatsoever in, yeah. in those days, and was still. But you know, the thing is, CBT—you just go and pick and choose the techniques that you right. want to use. So, yeah, and the, and they're just, the, they're, they're just for addressing
0: the—they're just for addressing the behaviours as well. They're not for dr- yeah. addressing the underlying underlying root causes, which can be frustrating for some people a little bit like me who want yeah. to address, the, who are ready yeah. to ad- address those under, underlying root causes. But, but, w- but it practically helps you wherever yeah. you're at, whether you're anywhere near trying to yeah. address any root causes, whatever they are, whether they can be addressed. Can we really address yeah. our root causes? I yeah. suspect not. I think just
1: wait until you get old enough to forget about them. Because <laughs> if, if you had a really deeply traumatic childhood experience, you're going to have some more. there's everyone you know is going to die or if you don't die first people that you love are going to die around you you know your wife might miscarry Um, there might be a horrible fucking disaster you might lose an arm or a leg Um, and then when those things happen that will put it that puts it in perspective. No, but isn't
0: that the brilliant thing or Mm. terrible thing or ridiculous thing about humans though? Though that does put it in perspective in that Mm. moment, Mm. right? Mm. You can have a terrible traumatic event and you've had more than me, but I've had a few. Mm. Um, You can have those traumatic events and then you can still be annoyed by something completely trivial two weeks later, like to, to a ridiculous yeah. level, like that is almost approaching the the, the, the the kind of way that you were in the uh, the traumatic yeah, event.
1: But that shows that how much you bounce back from <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't so it? Yeah, resilient. I'm really resilient. fucking annoyed yeah. by the fact that this the post train. office isn't right, open. Right, It's right. supposed
0: to be open. Right. Still, <laughs> I've forgotten about my aids. Right. So, yeah, right. Right. Um, right. The resilience yeah. of the human spirit yeah. is that we can still always find frustration in trivial things, regardless of how many traumas That's we've had. That's the beauty <laughs> of
1: humanity, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, which I guess kind of potentially brings us o- around to sort of another event that has definitely happened to you since we haven't talked about on online. Yeah, it's
1: definitely happened.
0: Um, I mean, we can set this up if you like with your performance from Stand Up Tragedy. If you if, like, if that would be a good way of setting it up.
1: Well, if you, you can either edit out that bit of uh, suggesting that you set it up and then edit it in, yeah. or we can tell people to listen to. Uh, is it the Tragedy. second part of
0: Stand Up Tragedy? Yes, Comedy? it's part yep. two of um, Christmas Tragic, Tragic Christmas. Christmas.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, all the way through uh, 2012, while I was trying to make the most of uh, the. Biggest opportunity that had ever happened to me, uh, the Wellcome Trust funding to tour, uh, big heart. Uh, my dad was slowly going mental. Um, he'd always had mental health issues and uh, Asperger's probably but undiagnosed. Yeah, while I was uh, in Edinburgh, my uh, sister just sent me a text saying, Well, you know, I think d- dad's gone a bit mad. And it turned out he'd gone more than a bit mad and um, throughout uh, autumn uh, 2012, he made about five different suicide attempts. Uh, He had been forced into retirement. He was was always a complete workaholic um, and um, defined himself largely by his work. All of his, as he got older, all of his um, hobbies had fallen by the wayside. And um, and, she's just thinking how inappropriate the background music is. Yeah, I know, suddenly. Uh, But anyway, we'll continue. There's a certain tragicomic element (laughs) there. actually quite like this tune. Uh, um,
0: It's your kind of music. It
1: it? is, yeah. It's right on my street. And uh, hard dance. (laughs) Hard dance for some uh, hard time stories. Yeah, mum mum, uh, has uh, Benson syndrome, which is the same kind of dementia causing brain disease uh, that uh, Terry Pratchett has uh, she, she was um, being traumatised by uh, my dad's increasingly distressing episodes he was on a load of drugs that the doctors had given him uh, but he, he wouldn't listen to any advice, he was paranoid that um, the uh, benefits people were Probably after him, and uh, he was feeling useless uh, because he couldn't work. Um, And he's (laughs) the irony is that he has always been uh, a Tory and uh, voted for Thatcher and um, bought shares in all the privatised industries. Despite being a working class uh, man from West Bromwich,
0: well, many many one of seven working class men did. did vote for Thatcher and women yeah
1: bought into that um, and um, yeah I mean but they, they just um, all that kind of rhetoric of being on the on the scrap heap and uh, he, he, he got some um, redundancy from one job but he kept on fitting blinds but then when he needed a, a double hip replacement that he, he was actually recovering physically from that very well then I got heart failure and um, the house flooded while we were in Cyprus and these little things kind of helped to push him further and further to the edge because he, he liked routine and he wasn't very good at coping but he also he was also a hoarder and he used to keep lots of all, every copy of the Daily Mail that he bought he was trying if he saw something interesting in it he would keep the whole paper and, um, it, and uh, yeah he, he really got into a lot of uh, getting the self recriminations playing in his head like a stuck record and um, yeah it didn't help that all, all he ever read literally was the Daily Mail He never read any books or uh, any other papers except maybe the express if <laughs> they didn't have the mail. And and so that's a very harsh mental um, view, the uh, background to be having.
0: He doesn't have any sympathy for his own conditions and his yeah. own situations because of the fact that his politics and his, his yeah. what he's received from culture does, doesn't have any sympathy. So he's that's a very harsh position to be in, for yeah.
1: sure. Yeah. It is. And um, he was... He was crucifying himself mentally, uh, and uh, he went into hospital and out of hospitals again. He he seemed to get his drugs kind of right about October, and when it was my sister's wedding, it was really difficult for my sister because she was still back there in Wolverhampton, yeah. and she's had so much to cope with. But she, he was on his best behaviour at the wedding, and I thought that maybe he was going to slowly improve but um, then uh, he he basically uh, went crazy I I was staying around there and um, he got up about 8 a.m. and woke me and my mum around going where's the note where's the note and um, he was looking for a note that he'd written some time ago which was gonna be a suicide note and um, I just got up because I could tell something was very wrong and he was in his pajamas and a, his old football manager coat and um, went into the uh, he, he went outside first of all I thought oh, why is he going outside and um, and he got he got some plastic bags and he was trying to put plastic bags uh, down his throat to choke himself I mean there was just like he'd just woken up and, I don't know, maybe he had a really bad dream or something and just wanted to be possessed by this violent desire to end it. Um, Or maybe it was, I mean, he was completely deranged. It wasn't like, I'm, it wasn't just depression. No. It wasn't wasn't just, I'm, you know, I'm really down at the moment. There's no way out of this. My wife's not going to get any better. Um... I'm just getting older. The logical decision is to kill myself. It was...
0: It was a delusional... Yeah, it was, was
1: delusional. I thought the police kinda of come and right. arrest him and stuff. Um, so I just pulled these fucking plastic bags out of his mouth. And then he went back into the garage and came out with a Stanley knife. So I had to like disarm my dad of this Stanley knife. Um, and then just fucking punch him in the stomach. to get him to sit the fuck down and at the same time I I couldn't I was outside trying to phone the police and the ambulance because I'm in a back in Wolverhampton we're in a communications black hole and I can't get reception inside the house in 2012 (laughs) Um, so that's how I was able to go in and get the knife and then it was uh, they they, the police came round, and he instantly started acting reasonably as soon as the authority figures were there you know it's like that's he can, what he's
0: been trained to do yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: and it's like he can be, he feels like it's okay to be mental in front of us that's his that's, family and but that's the and, case for yeah.
0: most people with mental health conditions i mean i certainly mm. i'm certainly not comparing my own mental health conditions to yeah. your father's but certainly yeah. the only person who sees me at my worst is my yeah. partner yeah. and the only other people who've seen me at my worst have been my family or very close friends and yeah. so that's kind of the we only show the the maddest of ourselves mm. to those closest to us yeah. generally yeah. and if you can't then I mean he, he was already at the stage where he couldn't completely fool people though wasn't he I mean
1: well yeah they, they managed to persuade him to go in the um, ambulance and, 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 be and be sectioned yeah. again and then um I I phoned up my granddad to come over and look after my mum but then I had a train to get uh, to Manchester and um, and I just I mean it might have been selfish but I just thought well there's nothing I can do to help um, I don't
0: think it's selfish necessarily he's, he's
1: in the he's in the back of the ambulance now so I'm going to go <laughs> so I went off to Manchester and uh, met this girl that you know I was keen on and because um, but I just wanted to just get the fuck out of the, this mental I think that's a very home situation I,
0: it's a very, I'm sure that's a very common response mm. people would have had I don't think anyone's going I know you're going to judge yourself for this yeah. and I know that even if you know you shouldn't you're going to judge yourself for this but I'm, what I'm saying is you shouldn't be judging yourself for it yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to deal with these things mm. regardless you just have to do what you just have to do what you have to do. It's hard to. Mm. You can't. You know. No one can make pronouncements of what about what someone should or shouldn't do yeah. in a situation like that. Anyone who does yeah. probably hasn't had to be in a situation yeah. like that themselves.
1: And I, I was angry at him because it's it's really. It takes a long time to. For it to sink in that someone has completely changed and isn't the person that. They were before, and it, well, even before I was always angry at my dad because he was not a consistent uh, figure he was never there in childhood so I'd always been angry at him and it's very difficult to turn that off
0: right yeah
1: I'm not angry at him now uh, what would be the point now that he's gone Yeah. yeah exactly I just feel really sorry for him but it also feels incredibly distant like it wasn't yeah, it didn't really like my childhood and everything just didn't really belong in my life it didn't, it didn't really belong in the narrative that got going on now right and,
0: I mean, and, yeah. and, and to, yeah, to finish up that then, so he mm. was sectioned that time
1: yeah, and that was the last t- that was the last um, time I ever saw my dad um, the last physical contact that I had with him I, I, I can't remember if I hugged him or not I mean, I really wish that I'd hugged him but you just don't think, well, this, you don't think it's going to be the last time. Yeah. I was kind of trying to convince myself that all of these things, because he'd, he was doing them, you know, it, he'd made a noise and obviously woke me up. I'd like to think that it, it was a cry for help and he wanted people to stop him. Um, I mean, he, he tried again, he escaped from the mental uh, ward and um, cut his throat with a Stanley knife in Dudley and um, i think that i didn't want i didn't want to see him after that because he, he he had a massive scar and i thought he was probably going to do it so maybe i, I should just remember him as he was
0: right cries for help mm. are a thing that happens but mm. i i have to say that considering the frequency and the severity of your your father's various attempts yeah. th- they they seem like serious uh, attempts to me, rather yeah. than, than cries for help that may or may not have gone wrong. I mean, yeah. and and finally, and finally, he did. Yeah. He did succeed in in doing that mm. uh, to himself, uh, which is what you talked about at Tragic Christmas, mm. and it was just before Christmas, which yeah. which is why it was relevant to that show. Yeah. Um, and as i said to you off mic earlier on so i'm not i'm not doing it to carry your favor like i was very impressed by Mm. you changing a a recent traumatic experience into Mm. something so clear and uh, like warm and true and occasionally funny but very very profound like everything that poetry should be I think Mm. Um, it wasn't actually poetry it was a it was a story but uh, it did everything a a great poetry poetry should do
1: yeah there was I've only written two poems about it which was one that was part of that and um, yeah that's right another one about um, you know the aftermath Mm. getting getting rid of his clothes which is for me was uh, more more important than um, Scattering the Ashes um, no, get clothes say more about a person than than ashes do. Do you know? Yeah, right. And uh, taking them off to a, a town that was far away enough um, that uh,
0: you know, you, the, the, the
1: clothes wouldn't turn up you again. See them on <laughs> charity the shops because me and my sister love shopping in charity shops. Right. And but, we, but my friend Joe um, came from who I knew from university. He's um, lives in London he actually drove all the way up to London to, to see me and to and to take these clothes yeah. to a charity shop in Bridge North which is a picturesque village on a bend in uh, the River Seven I think it is in um, um, I can never remember if it's Shropshire or Staffordshire but in, in a way that was like finding a nice place to leave his ashes to rest and you know, I just talked about it to Joe and unburdened myself. And then after that, you know, the rest is the 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 rest is admin. You yeah. it's you know, I've been I, I I didn't kind of because I was dealing with all my dad's labyrinthine financial affairs shares and um, bank accounts and, in, and life well he didn't have any life insurance but um, a pension pensions that he never claimed uh, stuff he and, and in doing his tax return even though he was already dead it was like he wasn't right. dead yet and seeing all these little aspects of his life and what shares he'd bought and where he
0: well this is the reality yeah. of death and you know within the, the system that we're in I mean yeah. my I mentioned to you off my 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 grand passed away in December and it, Mm. you know, it struck me then as well, you know, then my, my, my mom and my, my aunt was suddenly dealing with the admin of, of, of managing that, that situation. It's going to be different admin, different people. They're going to be, you know, some of the admin's going to be, you know, uh, more labyrinthine if you like, than others. But, but, but the first thing that people are thrown into after Mm. that initial shock is, you know, Mm. lawyers. Mm. economic issues yeah. and that, that's a strange fit with our, our, our feelings about our, our, our deceased I think yeah. it's not really what you are thinking about at that time naturally but you have to yeah. do it right?
1: I mean at least he, he, he didn't make a will for all of his life because for all that he was re- really stingy with money and really um, yeah avaricious I mean he had us to look after he had three kids he he wasn't he was no good at planning we we ended up doing his tax returns for him as my mum got more ill me and my sister would kind of i'd do it one year and she'd do it another year and the will that he made just left everything to my mum who's got dementia which is completely ridiculous yeah yeah it's um and I, i thought oh it's a good good thing that he's actually made a will he's facing up to the problems that my mum has because for a long time you just say i don't want to know i don't want to know just literally buried his head in the sand and it, it is an incredibly bad thing to deal with i mean you know your wife he did one moment when he was almost approaching lucidity he just said you know what's happened to your mom it's broken my heart and you know maybe i wasn't sympathetic enough then i don't think any of this would have made any difference you couldn't
0: do anything Richard.
1: i think he was he was always going to do it you can't
0: you can't change the past yeah. anyway but like often in these situations there's nothing one can do
1: yeah. but i just wish like for me that i'd given him a hug whether yeah. he wanted one or right, not right
0: for you right but, I, know, yeah. I get that i get that and i and i'm, and I'm I'm sorry that you can't but mm. uh, I don't know yeah. it's, it's, it's that one was, of those spaces where you can't do any like you know yeah. there's nothing I can say here
1: yeah there's no there is <laughs> no but thanks for yeah uh, this has been quite an emotional podcast yeah. But, yeah
0: I mean I yeah I mean I think I probably won't won't uh, tie up that um, queue up that section with the with the yeah. story because you told it differently and it's interesting mm. for them to go and listen to that episode yeah. of Stand Up Tragedy. Um, it, with your permission, though, it would be great I think to use here just at the end of a lot of this darkness in a way, mm. even though it's still darkness, to maybe use your poem about your mum's dementia uh, that you also did at Stand Up. Tragedy. Yeah, yeah. If you give me permission, then that'll that'll play now.
1: I've come to the tragedy in in my own life uh, now. Well. say it's a tragedy. Uh, This poem is about uh, my grandmother's dementia, but um, it's not so much a tragedy dementia as more of a statistical and biological inevitability, but um, still sad. Visiting Time. This skeletal Michael Finnegan in a gown is all time's winds have left of old gran. Sharon Stone nappy flash. Water retention has inverted her legs. Thigh-like calves, veal-calf thighs. It's like that film Memento, you remember, but with just the one death. Her memory's camera zooms towards her birth. The film's end. And every five minutes, a new time traveller teleports into her body, the pod from 68, 67... 65, and we explain it all again. What year is this? Role-playing. I'm her nephew, son-in-law, sisters, our daughters, she's got to see her dad. Playing happy families, the old maid shuffles the pack. The songs she sings are from the war. Her vision's gone. Can't see past 1944. Can't even watch TV and even if she could, at three pounds per day. They're all turned off and to the wall, neglected patients. These screens fade to white dots, leaving only an afterimage pressed on the retina. A song stuck in the memory of those about to leave repeats, all just repeats. Visiting time is over. Cheers. Uh, the thing about dementia, if you've been lucky enough not to have any relatives um, suffer from it, is that uh, it very much kind of takes your psyche and, and, and opens it up like a Russian doll and, and, and takes away all, all of the kind of politeness and civility and the social rules. Uh, that you 've learnt, and then a little bit further in it takes away your ability to remember people 's names or, or what they 've been doing and and then just really boils it down to the center of the doll, and you really find out what that person was like right in the center and My nan was all right actually; she was um pretty pretty happy and used to w- wander down the wards in the hospital with another old lady, pretending that they were pretending imagining kind of projecting that they were uh, going to g- wait for a bus at the bottom of the uh, the corridor and go off on an adventure. And uh, it was actually quite nice. Um, unfortunately, as I say, it's a genetic inevitability. Uh, my mum now has a um, very similar kind of dementia, Benson syndrome, uh, which is the same uh, kind of dementia that uh, Terry Pratchett has, where you kind of forget the the words for things and you lose all your motor skills first. But... It still maintains your interrelationships, and she can still thankfully remember who people are and, and, and that she loves them and, uh, and little things that they 've been up to and, and still are still a joy
0: so the last question I ask people is, do you have anything to plug so that's a weird moment to plug things because you 've just been talking about dark things, but I've got
1: so many things to plug i mean i, I I have to launch myself into all of these projects just to take my mind off things and to keep going yeah right because if i i'm like a shark if i if i stop swimming then i get really depressed the reality of sh- stuff sinks in
0: we have a similar feeling on yeah. this so. if i don't instantly I get,
1: yeah. turn stuff into art so um my when is this going out What's the
0: uh well i'll definitely put it out before your march thing for the county county racist but right. let's see yeah. yeah, i've got I've definitely got the next couple of weeks sewn up, so it won't be for a few weeks, but we can, we can put it out end of February if you like. Um,
1: I think, apart from Cowardly Cowardly Racist, on March 17th at Alternative Comedy Memorial Society in Kilburn.
0: As I said earlier, he's no longer doing Cowardly Cowardly Racist, and instead we will be doing some of What the Fuck Is This?
1: The most important thing is going to be our mini Edinburgh Festival, utter shows, five utter shows. Including Keith Jarrett's, which has got two five-star reviews. Identity Mix Up. It's uh, an all-dayer on a Sunday. Uh, five shows for a tenner, which is probably less than you would give in donations at the Free Fringe, to be honest. And that's yeah, happening yeah. on Sunday, April the sixth, at the Star of Kings, up on one two six York Way, N one, uh, near King's Cross. And I will be unveiling Crap Time Lords for the first time. I won't have it all learned. Exciting. It'll be with a script, but um, it'll be the first time so. And um, uh, Shurston Lookins from Apples and Snakes Northeast will be doing her wonderful show, The Moon Cannot Be Stolen.
0: Which I've seen in Edinburgh, I think, and I really enjoyed, yeah. Uh,
1: Lee Nelson and James Mackay will be doing their show, Scatter Theory, which is from Edinburgh 2012. So most people won't have seen that,
0: and I very much endorse both of those performers yep. as well.
1: And James MacKay will be doing new popular reciter, which, which is I have seen and I love. Yeah, old, that? brilliant old poetry in a yeah. bombastic, uh, and that's those five shows are going to be on. That's going to start at two thirty, I think. So you can come along to the Star of Kings, have a Sunday roast, and then uh, sit in the back and just watch five comedy shows. Uh, It's going to have all the fun of the Edinburgh Fringe without having to rush across Edinburgh to uh, get from venue to venue. Oh, and there's going to be a paid gig contest at that as well. Wicked. So the audience gets to vote for who gets a paid gig at the next Utter. And if we've got the Arts Council funding, that'll be part of Utter's 10th anniversary celebrations. And there'll be nine other amazing events throughout the year.
0: Yeah, and they're all exciting. I mean, I'm I'm doing one that's going to Happen before mm. this, this, which will have happened yeah. in the past yeah. when this show comes out, yeah. um, and uh, they're all, they're all, you know, mm. I mean, I, your utter shows always have something. They always have performers who are interesting, and they yeah. always have things that you're not expecting to happen happen, which are yeah. both great things to have together. Yeah. I think like a nice mix of people doing good stuff and people doing stuff that may or may not be good but it's certainly strange Yeah, uh, and, 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 and so, <laughs> so those are both good uh. things Yeah.
1: apart from Crap Time Lords which I'll be doing uh, at uh, the Free Fringe in the spoken word section I'm going to be doing What the Fuck Is This in the comedy section which is my uh, Buffon, um self-torture show in which I am only allowed to say What the Fuck Is This and nothing else for an hour but I also have obviously an audience and hopefully and a PowerPoint presentation as well. But so you're only
0: allowed to say those words. I'm only allowed to say
1: those is, five words, is, right. but not necessarily in just order. in that order. Okay otherwise that would be a bit restrictive wouldn't it yeah um, yeah and that's <laughs> that's um that's a bit a bit of a challenge yeah um, especially seeing as i'm not really going to tell people too much of what to expect because i want to keep the yeah well i'm very excited
0: to catch that sometime because i've missed it so far so and, yeah. and and i never find out exactly what's in it because nobody wants to tell me so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, which i'm sure is a testament to how good it is yeah. people want to keep that surprise want to spoil it. factor in yeah. there Brilliant. Yeah, it's been a pleasure getting even better acquainted with you. Um, And
1: with you as well, Dave. Have you ever just interviewed yourself on one of these? There's
0: been a couple where there's been guest hosts, so I've had people interviewing me. And there's been ones that, yeah, the first episode was me basically Hmm. giving various slices of my life in story. and I have to uh, go back back to that one, the very uh, Dave Pickering origins. Weirdly, it's not if you go on the SoundCloud it's not the first file in yeah. because I accidentally deleted the, epi- the first episode no. so for people who care about stats the stats of listens on it it's like about three times as much because right. I deleted it when it had loads of stats and uh, no, no, now I'll, no I'll, never I'll never get stats, them back I'll never get them back
1: I think you should back. record yourself drunkenly mumbling at your own reflection in the mirror for an hour <laughs>
0: Well, that's not... That would, and then
1: just label it as that. that. That's Some would uh,
0: say that's not unlike a previous podcast uh, <laughs> thing I did once called Four Days in a Room. Some of that's uh, a little bit like me and two f- other people mumbling drunkenly for an yeah. hour. Um, hard to find that, but I'm sure you can Google it.
1: I was locked myself in the porch for seven hours. And uh, <laughs> I really, I was too scared to go out and knock on the next door neighbours and try to get in the back of my house. And then it was open oh, <laughs> this is a reggae nirvana cover yeah. brilliant
0: did you record yourself no. when you knocked yourself by accident in that space no that I was, would have just it. had
1: my dressing gown on and nothing on underneath which oh, is wow. why I was scared to go out and right yeah I so think we had these like Iranian neighbours and I didn't want to upset them because they seemed quite traditional fair enough I was just like, can I walk through your terraced house please With just a dressing gown on and then climb over the... For some
0: reason, I'm imagining this dressing gown as a woman's pink dressing gown, but I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> that says a lot about me. Uh, uh, not that I'm, I'm saying that women's dressing I'm gowns not, I'm not going to
1: tell you what it was like, because that will shatter your illusions. <laughs> well,
0: that's brilliant. And the last thing I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye to the audience! Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye. And I'm pleased to say that Utter Spoken Word did get that Arts Council funding. So there's going to be loads of things going on with Utter this year. So make sure you check out all that they're doing. An additional plug for Richard Tyrone Jones related performance is that on Monday, the 7th of April, he's going to be the special guest of The Best of Spark London. So he'll be doing the last story and we'll have the best of... Spark London storytellers from the open mic telling some stories before him. The best of Spark London nights have been really great. They're at the Canal Cafe Theatre near Little Venice at 7.30. That's when it starts. So get over there and get your tickets. It's www.sparklondon.com or you can get tickets on the Canal Cafe Theatre's website which is canalcafetheatre.com. Find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at podcast. You can find it on Facebook It's Getting Better Acquainted Have a search on Facebook and like it Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app You can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store there are lots of ways to get better acquainted